Hello, I'm Neil Whelan and welcome to the Wesleyan Next Step podcast. This is part one of a two-part special and with me to explain more is Isabel Skinner from Wesleyan Student Liaison Team. Welcome to the show. Hi Neil, thanks for having me. So first of all, tell us a little bit about the next step. Sure. So here at Wesleyan, I think it was about 18 months ago, we launched the next step to support our medical and dental students in their transition from university into the next step of their career. So what this looked like for us was we put together a roadshow of events that have been touring the country, bringing a panel of newly qualified doctors and dentists to an audience of medical and dental students to talk all about their experiences during foundation training. The sessions are really interactive and the industry experts are on hand to answer the queries and concerns of the students on a variety of important topics. Things like helping to keep a healthy body and mind, your finances, even keeping friendships happy and healthy. And in fact, it's here that we met our lovely guest on the podcast today, uh, Dr. Sarah Douglas. But another important part of the project is, of course, the Content Hub, which is the site where we share snippets of the events, as well as other great content from articles, guides and visual tools on a variety of topics. This includes preparing for exams, SJTs and interviews, to the absolute need to know for your finances for final year elective and starting out at work. Okay, so there's plenty to take in there. So as you said, you fired up Skype and you talked to Sarah Douglas. What did you two chat about? So we spoke a little bit about something that was touched on at the Edinburgh Next Step event, which we did with the medical students. Um, What was particularly interesting about Sarah, I suppose, is that as well as doing her foundation training, she juggles many other things from working part-time while she's at medical school and even now to being in the Army Reserve. So because work-life balance is such an important topic for us, something that we talk about with the Next Step, really wanted to find out more about how she managed to get that elusive work-life balance. Okay, and with that, let's see what you had to say. Absolutely delighted to be able to speak to you today. Really appreciate you giving up your day off. Bless That's you. Okay. <laughs> How were your shifts last week? Um, they were quite long, but they were okay. They were quite fun. <laughs> Good. Oh, that's what you like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So I guess the best thing to do really is just to tell me a little bit about you, kind of where you are in your career, um, whereabouts you went to med- medical school and when you graduated, just so that the students listening can kind of, kind of identify with, with you, I suppose. Sure. Um, so I'm Sarah Douglas. I graduated from Edinburgh Medical School uh, this summer, so 2000, sorry, last summer, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also intercalated. So I did an um, intercalation degree after my second year. And I did that in Loughborough University for one year in sports science. Fantastic. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what is it that you're up to now, now that you've qualified and you're in your F1? Yeah, so I'm doing um, my three, four month placements in Edinburgh itself. Um, I'm split between their two main hospitals. Um, I started on the acute receiving unit um, and general medicine. Now I'm doing um, colorectal, so it's like general surgery. And then my final placement is in orthopaedics. Fantastic. How are you finding it all? Yeah, I really like it. Both those jobs I've had so far are notoriously some of the busiest ones in Edinburgh. Um, But I really liked it. I think it's quite good to get some busy jobs at the start to get a lot of different things under your feet 
Definitely, drop yourself in at the deep end. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to do it, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. Another thing that was really interesting that um, I remember you mentioning at the next step event as well is that you're in the army reserves. Now, you'll have to forgive my ignorance because it's really something I know very little about. Okay. So what I would love to know is almost how that journey started for you. How was it something that you decided that you wanted to go into? Sure, that's okay. So the, um, the reserves and the regulars are the different things. So the regulars is if you were to want to be like the full time army whereas sure. the reserves used to sort of be called the TA and it's like the people that are there if we need more support or maybe every um, six years or so you could technically be deployed um, sure. I first heard about it I think at a wilderness sort of outdoor medicine conference that I went to and they had a stand from the army there and I got chatting to them and just thought it sounded really interesting yeah. um, and my sister's actually a medical student still. And it was um, her that she, like, she joined at first. And then she started talking about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and the for being very organised, the application process for the army is actually quite difficult. And okay. it's, it's taken me a long time to properly get into the reserves. Um, but um, there's been a few sort of changes along the way in terms of... Um, if you're applying in medical school, it's mm-hmm. um, you're technically not qualified yet. You don't have your full GMC, you don't have your GMC registration or even a number. So you have to go for a slightly different process. Um, and then once you've got your number, you can um, transfer to being a fully and um, professionally qualified officer, which is what I was able to do this summer. Um, so since I applied in my final year, by the time I went to main board, which is the big interview, um, over a few days, I was already um classified as professionally qualified um so so I went down a slightly different route so what it means now is um I did I've done my interview which was for four days and then this year I'm going to Sandhurst for four weeks um to do a sort of shortened version of what the other officers do um and obviously to take four weeks out of um my work is quite difficult and so I have to split it into two two week blocks um which they're quite willing to um, accommodate, but you just have to get your um, leave in as soon like as early as possible. I wasn't able to get it for this block because I left it a little bit too late, um, but I'll do it next time. Um, and you get some extra days that you're allowed to take because because um, otherwise you'd have to use your whole annual leave on it. Oh. <laughs> um, so then I'll, I'll go there. And then from then on every year, I just have to do about 28 days training a year um, which some of it I can do in the evenings, which count as sort of like quarter days and it adds up. Um, and then I'll go on like a weekend camp or a two week camp and um, we do lots of training as, as a unit together. Fantastic. That's really exciting. Yeah. So in that role, are you working as a medic? I know that sounds like a really silly question to you, but can you explain that to me? Yeah, so I'm, since I'm going um, professionally qualified, I am going as, as a doctor in, into the army, whereas... There is, I do, I do know some people who have decided just to go in as sort of infantry and, and soldier, but I'm going the as, as a medic. Um, so in our reserve unit, the one in Edinburgh is got lots of the professionally qualified people. So it's to do with um, nurses, physios, dentists, um, engineers, policemen. Um, there's like a, a huge, quite vari- a large variety of different jobs, but we've all like um, have sort of like degrees or um, qualifications already. 
Um, but it's like a really nice diverse group of people. Yeah, I can imagine. And probably a lovely opportunity to meet people doing slightly different things that you have something generally in common with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what I liked about it is I, like, I really liked working in a hospital, but I always really liked the idea of working a bit out of hospital as well. And the reserves gives you like a really good opportunity to be able to um, do different courses or any like um, specific sort of um, extra trainings that you might fancy. They, they quite often are able to like, get a group of people together so you can go and do it. Um, and even actually the application process still taught me like so many things like um, how to do good interview, teamwork. Um, how to like stand up and teach a lesson in front of a group of people that you don't know and um, like there's things I haven't done in years but I had to just do it the interview and I'll learn more about that this year at Sandhurst. So another thing is also to ask I guess about the financial implications of that for you so is it something that you're paid for is it done voluntarily? Sure so I actually don't really know the full answer of this I, I didn't okay. um, <laughs> I think um, it's sort of changing I didn't really realize um I knew we got paid a little bit because it's like extra work, but I don't really know the full um, thing. But I, I definitely know that we're meant to do 28 days a year. And if you do your 28 days, you get a bonus at the end. But if you don't manage your 28 days, you just don't get that bonus. So there's no pressure to have to do the days. You just don't get the, the payment at the end. Um, and I get a, a small amount of money if I go in the evenings to training. Um, but it, I don't really know how much that is. <laughs> and like so far, I've not... Um, being paid for the interviews or anything so um you, you have to be quite focused to do it but they do pay for your travel to go down to the assessment center and things like that so if it's if you're if you don't have enough money to pay for that then they, they cover that so that's okay because okay. it's quite hard to travel yeah I can imagine yeah. and I'm really impressed that you're doing it completely out of passion with absolutely no idea what you're being paid for it yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> oh so another question I would ask is perhaps for a student thinking about following this path, can you think of some characteristics that would make someone a good candidate for this? How could a, how could a student listening look inside themselves and think, yeah, I've got those things about me that would make me a good candidate for um, joining army reserves? Or even, I suppose, as a military doctor. It's quite interesting because at the... Um... At the, at the interview there was a whole group of people and um, it was interesting to see the different characters of different people and I think everybody was quite outgoing and um, liked to get stuck in and involved, doesn't mind being outdoors and getting a bit muddy and things like that but um, some people had quite overpowering personalities and I think it's important to remember that although it's good to be a leader and um, you need to be able to get involved you, you have to be able to listen to other people and um, so that's something that's like quite important I think it's important in the army but also at work as well if you're in a situation you have to listen to your colleagues so yeah I think also they're really big on organization and getting into the army and just like respect for other people as well. Obviously, the army has quite a lot of hierarchy, um, which is quite unusual because some jobs I'd, we're asked to see each other on sort of like a level playing field. Even though we do have our seniors, some people like it to be a bit more level. Whereas in the army, the hierarchy is quite um, apparent, but that's just something you've got to get used to. And it sort of teaches you that respect for like your elders and things as well. Yeah, it sounds like a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. And do you think that there are some skills that you've picked up or some experiences you've had in your time in, I mean, I know you haven't been doing it for long, but in your experience in the military that you've been able to transfer into your work in the NHS? Yeah, definitely. Like the, the teamwork is the main thing. And also I always liked the idea of teaching, but I was always quite sort of 
I thought I thought I'd be like nervous to speak in front of everybody and, and teach them, but they're, they're quite big on same as the NHS and, and the army. They're both quite big on teaching and um, the other people you work with and people that are younger than you. So now that I'm in FY1, I have um, taught some of the um, fourth, fifth, and sixth years, and um, that's just been like having had experience with the army is giving me a bit more confidence to be able to do that with the medical students. And then the other thing I was going to ask is kind of how life as an army doctor might differ from the experience that you have in the NHS? So I think um, if you worked like solely just in the NHS, the majority of the time you'll just be spent in like either your GP practice or the hospital. Whereas if you're in the reserves, it gives you scope to um, go out of hospital a bit more. So technically once every, I think six years, you could be deployed somewhere. Um, so obviously I don't know where that is but just wherever the need is so it, it could be into a war situation but it could be to humanitarianism places or places of poverty and um, refugee camps and things that, that need um, support of um, the medics um, and also they do yearly camps or training opportunities so if you want to do your like advanced life support training or sort of a um wilderness medic or um, a mountain rescue training you it's quite good to be able to do that for the army they can support you and and um, it's a little bit easier to get it the get the ball rolling with that sort of thing sure so just yeah it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity to kind of diversify your skill set and yeah. apply things that perhaps you know from medical school or experiences that you have from the nhs in a completely different environment yeah you know if this has piqued um the interest of some of our listeners can you think of any kind of resources or somewhere a direction that you could point them in in order to find out more yeah um so quite a lot of the time they have the, like the army have stalls like quite a lot of like the freshers events and things but obviously if they're not going to those and um, they've got the website which is just apply.army.mod.uk and or you can just type army reserve medics into google and that um has a sort of like the national recruiting website and if they said like oh i'm sarah from edinburgh they will be able to put you in contact with your local um sort of the field hospital um and that that would be the unit that you would um, do all your training with and you go to regularly on a weekly basis. And they um, normally have someone there that would um, help you for your application process. I had a man and a woman who would phone me up weekly and really help, uh, keep me going. So even when the process was taking forever, they were really passionate and reassuring and they, they kept me going. And um, so was, I think it's really good to get in contact with your local unit and they'll help you through. And they also gave me like practice for interviews and things like that. And that's our show for this week. Thank you to Isabel and Sarah. Izzy, where can we find out more about the next step? So, as I mentioned, the Content Hub is a fantastic place to look for lots of resources, um, which you can find by typing into your browser www.wesleyan.co.uk forward slash the next step but following us on social media is a fantastic way to kind of keep up to date. So on Instagram you can find us at the Wes Next Step and on Facebook you can just type in the next step Wesleyan. Um, here you can stay up to date with our roadshow of events, find a date near you at a medical or dental school, but you can also find articles, guides and of course new episodes of the podcast. Splendid. So thank you for that. If people want to find out more about Wesleyan generally, we're at wesleyan.co.uk, on Twitter at Wesleyan, on Instagram at Wesleyan underscore UK, and you can also search for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. But that's it for now. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.